नमस्ते गाइस आई एम डॉक्टर अनुश्रुति एंड आई एम बैक विद एन अमेजिंग एपिसोड फिजिकल थेरेपी एंड योगा ओ माय गॉड आई नो दीस टू टर्म्स आर ऑफन मिसकंसेप्टेड एज द सेम पीपल आउट देयर हैव सो मेनी डाउट एंड कंफ्यूजंस रिगार्डिंग दिस सो टू क्लियर द एयर टुडे ऑन बोर्ड आई हैव डॉक्टर एरियल फोस्टर हु इज अ ब्यूटीफुल वुमेन डॉक्टर ऑफ फिजिकल थेरेपी एंड अ योगा इंस्ट्रक्टर She is joining us live directly from Washington DC. Hello Dr. Ariel, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me Dr. Anushruti. Thank you so much. Well, tell me what exactly is physical therapy and what exactly is yoga? Like this is the question of the hour and everyone wants to know. So your audience is probably familiar with what physical therapy is, but one of the things that i i think physical therapy is is we really are as physical therapists or physiotherapists those of us who specialize in musculoskeletal conditions because there are physical therapists who specialize in other parts of the body um or other systems of the body but those of us who specialize in orthopedics musculoskeletal systems we really are the experts in movement out there i don't know of a single degree um of the caliber of the doctor physical therapy degree that focuses on movement excellence movement optimization the way that our degree in our profession does so i oh, mean yeah and then i can talk about yoga okay okay so when should a person actually you know take yoga classes and when should a person consult a doctor or physical therapist well i don't think there's any should take yoga classes i think that <clears throat> it depends on so many factors the way that yoga in my city in washington dc is is very often taught as a either a fitness regimen or a stretching regimen and occasionally it's taught as a spiritual practice and those will serve different individuals at different times in their lives depending on what they need um but i I have never seen a single class or a series of classes that really encompasses more of the root of what is yoga outside of the ashram setting in the United States. So, I think that what comes down to the normal everyday consumer is just the tiniest sliver of yoga and when you take out just one little thread of it, sometimes you do pull on the whole thing like a cobweb. but sometimes you just get a very narrow vision of what yoga is or is not does that make sense it does you know yoga is yeah. originated originally from india my country yes. so here mm-hmm. people you know they blindly follow yoga if they are actively <laughs> you know doing it otherwise they do not follow uh-huh. any exercise if they are exercising that means somehow or somewhere they are actually practicing yoga we have a lot of celebrities and politicians so many you know esteemed personalities who follow yoga as a lifestyle mm-hmm. practice to keep themselves uh, healthy fit but here in india we have also seen a lot of yoga gurus you know who say that a lot of ailments a lot of injuries can be healed by yoga mm-hmm. yoga is to heal so what mm-hmm. are your takes like is yoga actually that capable of replacing physical therapy can we say that's oh, you are going right <laughs> into the heart you're going right into the heart of it no i don't think yoga replaces physical therapy period full stop it does not 
it is um, that to say that would be a disrespect, I believe, to the actual original teachings of yoga, which have nothing to do with evidence-based medicine, nothing to do with being frozen in time, saying you have to do this same thing forever and ever, quite the opposite. One of the tenets of yoga, to my understanding, and there's a lot of people who are more expert than me, but I have been teaching and studying yoga for more than two decades, two and a half decades or more. One of the tenets is a concept called viveka, and forgive me if I have pronounced that wrong, viveka, viveka. So when you are practicing this kind of discernment, which is what that word means, it is a discernment that you can apply to your physical well-being. So I'm in, I'm a woman in my 40s, and I can discern based on the evidence, the scientific evidence around me, that it would be healthy for me to pick up weights on a regular basis. And when we think of weight training in the United States, we don't think of that as yoga, but it could be the most, quote, yogic thing to help facilitate my transition into middle age, my transition into the second half of my life with stronger bones, stronger muscles, stronger metabolism. And there's nothing in the root of yoga that contradicts thoughtful experience and presence and allowing uh, evolution to take place. So what we're talking about very often when we talk about yoga is what's happening in yoga classes. So Yoga classes are often these physical um, practices where you go into a series of poses. You might originate around the sun salutation. And that can be profoundly healing for many people on the physical level. And for someone who does not have a lot of movement in their life, that might be enough to take them out of pain. Or for someone whose movement has been very uh, athletic and they've never slowed down and they've never done anything more mindful, that can be really, really therapeutic. But there's no guarantee. And there are two reasons why there's no guarantee. One, because every single individual would need to be evaluated for what their precise needs are. That's what we do as physical therapists, right? We begin with a profoundly, you know, full, as full as we can given the time constraints. Um, evaluation, period. And that's one of the big missing things. If you go see a personal trainer, if you go see a yoga teacher, if you go see someone who calls themselves a yoga therapist, very often the level of evidence that they have for the type of evaluation they're doing is going to be less than our doctorate of physical therapy degree that has rooted us in evidence-based medicine, where we're truly looking at the biopsychosocial factors including their lifestyle, and looking at the evidence for any sort of intervention or even evaluation that we do. So no, I don't think yoga is a replacement for physical therapy. And in fact, I think to say something like that, although very well-intentioned because yoga has been profoundly helpful for many people, including myself, unfortunately to say that actually inadvertently dismisses and diminishes the true root of what yoga is, which is much more expansive than the physical body. I hope that makes sense. It does. It absolutely. Uh, well, you just talked about weight training. 
now weight yeah. lifting weight training you know is just in the air right now everyone is so much fascinated about it especially women so yeah. half of the population says that weight lifting is necessary to stay fit and weight lifting every man and women should do that but on the contrary we do have another half of the population which says that uh, weight lifting is specifically bad or wrong for women out there it harms the uterus it harms some internal organs so my audience including me want to know what exactly is the truth well when you're looking at something from a scientific lens one of the first sort of filters that you would look at a claim from so let's say um bananas are terrible for you or something like that. Let's say somebody decides that bananas are terrible for you. You can look at that through, the first filter you're gonna look at that through is the filter of plausibility. So millions of humans all over the world eat a banana every single day or at least once a week. And so far those we have as a species just gotten bigger and bigger and now there are billions and billions of us despite the fact that many of us eat bananas all the time so there's a lack of plausibility that bananas are universally bad when you say something like weight training is bad bad for the internal organs and we apply that through that very first filter not even that evidence-based lens necessarily but that very first filter of what's called plausibility, then you're, it's not highly plausible because think about it. Women have been picking up babies. And when I was born, I was, I don't know, seven pounds or something, six and a half. And that's not no weight. And very quickly, I was 12 pounds, 14, 20, 50. And guess what? My mother still picked me up. My father still picked me up as, as an infant, as a toddler. And, you know, maybe into early childhood, and then they said no more. <laughs> so that is weight training. If you have ever lifted um, a pan in the kitchen and cleaned it, that's weight training. If it has soup in it, it's heavy. If it has doll in it, it's heavy. If you have ever moved a chair around, that's weight training. So I think that the plausibility that this is going to be hard on your organs is it just doesn't make any sense because just to get through life, especially our ancestors had to pick up heavy things and put them down. I mean, even water, you look all over the world and water is quite heavy, right? A gallon of water is not a light thing. And women, men, people of all genders, non-conforming genders, we're all carrying water unless you have pipes bringing it to you. So every one of our ancestors got here. We got here because we lifted heavy things and our ancestors lifted heavy things. So unfortunately, that idea that weight training is terrible for you does not pass the plausibility metric. And that's just the first layer. And every piece of evidence I have seen, I, I, I don't have to be here to be an advocate for for weight training because that's not even my specialty, but it is something I'm engaged in personally. And the reality is that it is a, a, every single piece of evidence I've seen, it shows that it's good for your bones. It's good for your metabolism, your muscles. It's good for um, anti-aging effects. It's for so many things. As I the doctors think, of physical therapy, I believe it is our duty, you know, to clear the air and to, you know, just 
throw away all these rubbish facts about every other exercise, every other yoga poses. So, rightly answered. Well, moving on, <laughs> doctor, what do you think? Like, why? Actually, not why, but is it important? Is it necessary for every human being to know about his anatomy? to understand mm. his anatomy because we know we are very much clear about the fact that a lot of people out there do not know how many bones to have or where their stomach is where their pancreas what is this or what they just know that body parts thing you know which we learn in the lower mm. classes nursery pre-nursery that okay this is eyes sense organs nose mouth ear do you feel that it is very necessary and important for people to understand their anatomy? That's a good question. You know, I look around the city that I live in. I live in Washington, D.C., and I don't understand how roads work. I don't understand civil engineering. I don't understand how all the water that flushes down my drains goes. You know, I don't really understand the deep mechanics of this. And somehow I get by, somehow I understand enough to make sense of things. I don't think people need to know deep anatomy unless you're teaching movement, then it's incredibly, incredibly helpful. I think, I think people need to know CPR and basic life support. Oh my God, that's so true. That's so that's true. Every <laughs> school should teach that. That is so true and so necessary be so, so incredible if I taught that in the teenage years in school. It is it is genuinely very necessary. You know, here in India, we do lack this uh, setting of teaching CPR in schools. These basic yeah. life supports, emergency care, first aid things. So mock drills of earthquake are a good thing. But on the other hand, mock drills for such things are, you know, definitely lies on the equal path. I mean, that yeah. is absolutely the need of the hour. And you just gave me an idea of another podcast episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, moving Absolutely. on, last but not the least, Dr. Ariel, how has been your journey as a doctor of physical therapy and as a yoga instructor? Like what changes did it make to your um, lifestyle, your life, your profession? What has been your experience? Sure. So we're speaking in 2023. I have been a physical therapist. I graduated and got my license in 2011. And I was very deep in the yoga world before and in the first few years of uh, uh, after I graduated. I had lived in an ashram. I had studied under a lot of different styles. And I was really, really dedicated. My grandmother taught yoga and I had... I had a deep commitment to this idea of yoga, particularly asana. And what happened was school kind of gave me superpowers because knowing everything I knew about the body, I came out of school and I was able to teach people to go into these really extraordinary, sometimes very extreme shapes. I was able to get my body into some of these extreme shapes. And I was using the things that I knew from physical therapy to open doors to things in my body that I didn't think were possible. And then I started to experience more and more discomfort and pain. And I think that, that a lot of that had to do with the extreme poses that I was teaching. And I think sometimes poses that seem very mundane, very ordinary in yoga are actually 
when you know the anatomy, and like I said, not everybody has to know the anatomy, but if you just put it through that common sense filter of plausibility, you can see how things are a little extreme, even in a very mundane pose like Vira Vajrasana 1 or Vira Vajrasana 2 is, is what I was thinking of. So warrior 2 pose. If you were to get rigid about it, keep your front thigh at parallel to the floor, 90 degrees in your front knee, stack your ribs over your pelvis, you're actually putting the hips in a really extreme position, not terribly different from the splits. The big difference with the splits is not necessarily the joints are much more extreme because it's just as extreme as warrior two, very similar. It's the, that your muscles have more pliability in the splits or Hanumanasana. And so, when I started to experience pain, I thought like, oh my God, maybe not all yoga is good yoga. Maybe some of this is really reinforcing this idea that I have to be pushing myself all the time, that I have to be pushing myself in these ways that are not particularly useful for my life. They don't have really good evidence for it. And so since that time, I have become more and more fascinated by the roots of yoga, more and more fascinated by the principles behind a lot of it. And just this idea of bringing mindfulness into every movement that we do, no matter what it is, lifting up a child, um, carrying a bag, walking. I'm a huge fan of walking as a simple health maintenance and mindfulness exercise and uncomplicating the world of yoga and bringing it more into our everyday lives, like really the essence of it that is the most universally helpful for all people for all time. That's the beauty of this, you know, the total beauty. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ariel, for joining in and taking out time from your schedule to speak to us. I believe you enjoyed the episode and by this, we have come to the end of the episode, but I know that you guys really want to hear a lot from Dr. Ariel. So Dr. Ariel, I do hope to collaborate with you very soon again. It was a delight. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for opening this platform. And it's my honor to be here. Thank you so much. Well, as physical therapy and yoga both say, straighten your back, drink a glass of water and move. We'll meet in the next episode. Till then, goodbye. Take care.